few, uh, a, a few weeks out to teach on uh, the, what it means to be a spirit-filled church. Jesus speaks to his disciples in Acts chapter 1. He's about to ascend into heaven uh, and leave them alone, or so they think. And he says in Acts 1, 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I was with our, uh, our older teenagers, the 16 to 18-year-olds, uh, out this morning, um, the 412 group on Wednesday night with Chris Johnston. And uh, we were just uh, had an evening where they were asking us questions from all kinds of scriptures. One of the questions was, how do you decide what you're going to teach on, what's important, what isn't? How do you do that kind of through a year? It was a really good question. So I talked them through the kind of plan I've worked on for years uh, in leadership as a pastor, where I believe there are some New Testament apostolic foundations that we must just continue to lay faithfully, patiently, time after time. The, the doctrines of the Holy Spirit are one of those. Uh, I think when Paul preached in the lecture hall of Tyrannus in Ephesus every day in the cool afternoon sunshine, uh, 600 times plus in two years, I think he would have taught on the doctrines, the person and work of the Holy Spirit many, many times. We need to just keep repeating this stuff. We need to take a break in church life and remember, remind ourselves again. I need reminding. Uh, sometimes we need calling back because we've drifted away from this kind of teaching. And of course, every time we teach on this stuff, we recognize there are new people here who may not have heard this stuff before, who may be brand new believers or have come from another tradition or background. There are some extremes in the, in the West, in the UK, in America, with regard to 21st, uh, in 21st century churches, uh, with regard to these uh, teachings on the Holy Spirit. Some churches are closed theologically. They've made a decision. Uh, the, this kind of, uh, the, the New Testament outworking of the Holy Spirit is not for today. It doesn't happen any longer. Some churches take that position. Some churches don't believe that to be true theologically, but if you looked at them practically, you would think they did believe that. Um, they've put a lid on things. They've perhaps, uh, and certainly this is very true amongst churches that have a wonderful heart for those who don't yet know Jesus, but believe that, that some, in some way charismatic worship or experience will, will, uh, will deflect from their mission to the unchurched. You can't have both. Um, some churches are full of the Holy Spirit and the life of the Holy Spirit, but just a little bit weird. Um, and... Uh, that could be true as well. Some are caught up in a, a nostalgic model. Uh, this is the way God moved amongst us years ago, and we just keep doing the same things in the same way, very faithfully. Uh, and I'm, please, I'm not dismissing any of those traditions. Uh, well, perhaps those that theologically don't believe the Holy Spirit works in that way today, but I still love them. Um, I believe it's possible for us to be completely welcoming to the Holy Spirit in all of life, and yet be theologically sound, missionally fruitful and experientially normal, um, if that makes sense to you. Um, this, this little mini-series over the next few weeks will help us with that, and I hope it will create an appetite for more and more of the Holy Spirit and more and more dependency on him. That will lead to us receiving a fresh from him. That can start today uh, and tonight. We, I, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm desperately in need of a life lived walking in, walking by, walking with the Holy Spirit. Um, we need to be an Acts 2 church, not an Acts 1 church. I started in Acts 1.8 just now. You will receive. Jesus said to his disciples at that point, they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit in that way. So many churches live the wrong side of Acts chapter 2 where the Spirit was poured out. We really cannot do church life 
in accordance with the mission we've been giving in any way effectively whatsoever without the dynamic and the life and the vibrancy of the Holy Spirit. Any other way we try and do things is just a sad, uh, poor copy of what genuine New Testament church should be. I read a quote from Francis Chan who writes so well on, on uh, the Holy Spirit in his book Forgotten God. He said, uh, when believers live in the power of the Spirit, the evidence in their lives is supernatural. The church cannot but help be different and the world cannot help but notice. Okay? We're not given an option, church. We live this side of Acts chapter 2. The only place where we'll see, begin to see the thousands around us that don't know Jesus transformed. The only place where we'll see an impact on an unchurched generation will occur when we receive power from the Holy Spirit. The, the only kind of church that will reach those kinds of people is an Acts 2 and beyond kind of church. So uh, we, we've got a two, three Sundays where we'll look at this kind of stuff. And then on Sunday evening, May the 13th, we're going to have a special encounter meeting here uh, where we will look to worship uh, and, and receive the Holy Spirit. Um, for those that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit to make room to pray, anyone that wants to receive, bring your... In the evening, yeah. Sunday the 13th of May. Um, if you want to bring your kids along, there won't be kids' work that evening, but we'll pray for any children. Our children are looking at this kind of stuff uh, as well. If you want to bring your teenagers along, oh, they need the Holy Spirit, bring them along. We'll pray for them, I promise. Um, so this morning, just for a few minutes, I want to look at the essentialness of the Holy Spirit being in every part of our lives. We cannot just relegate the Holy Spirit's action to our church meetings. Um, Right from the very beginning, we need the Holy Spirit. He, we can't be born again without the Holy Spirit. John 3, 8 tells us that. Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, uh, where he says you must be born again, born of the Spirit. Where Nicodemus is saying, can I be born a second time from my mother's womb? So it's the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin. It's the Holy Spirit who's there, who activates the point of conversion. It's the Holy Spirit who then pours his power upon us. We get baptised, immersed. As, as wet as we get in baptism in water, we are supposed to get thoroughly drenched in the soaking and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the purpose, the intention for all who are children of God. And then, of course, the New Testament expectation is that each one of us, uh, God wants to fill over and over again. Us Brits are so good at talking about a one-off experience. Still talking about winning the World Cup in 1966 as we approach another World Cup summer Okay, great that happened, but we need another experience of it, don't we? Yes. Okay, we do. Um, and so we are the same in terms of baptism of the Holy Spirit, a continual daily dependency on the Holy Spirit. Galatians, we're, we're, we're taking a little break from Galatians, our study through there. We're coming to chapter 5 next, which is wonderful. It'll be a good follow-on to this. Galatians 5.16, Paul says, Walk by the Spirit, not just a touch of the Spirit. Not a one-off, but every day walking. Verse 18 of Galatians 5, he says, be led by the Spirit. Verse 22, he speaks about the kind of fruit that is produced in our lives because of the Holy Spirit's work in our character. There is something produced in my character over time as I begin to walk by the Spirit and get led by the Spirit and, and create an everyday dependency on the Holy Spirit. That, that fruit is a bit different from the old kind of fruit I used to have of anger, rage, di dissension, lusts, all kinds of uh, freedom to give myself to any temptation. The fruit of the Spirit, on the other hand, is love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control. That's what comes, beloved, as we walk in the Spirit and get led by the Spirit. Verse 25 of Galatians 5, keep 
in step with the Spirit. It's possible to get out of step with the Spirit. Have you ever done a three-legged race on school sports day? One of you goes down. I, I, bizarre, Kaz and I both got these watches that tell us for, you know, how many steps we've walked. And when we were away for our, our 25th anniversary, we spent a, a day walking around New York City. At the end of the day, my watch said I walked 21,000 steps. Kaz's watch said she walked 26,000 steps. <laughs> we, we held hands all day. I didn't let go of her. Okay, it's my silver wedding anniversary. There wasn't a moment we were apart. Every step I took, she took. And yet evidently, in some way, we were out of step. It's possible to get out of step. Maybe she's got smaller stride than me. That's what it is. Thank you. There's the science bit now. Now I understand. <laughs> the, uh, the, the sense in the, in the Greek word behind this idea of keeping in step with the spirit is literally to walk in line behind a leader. That's what Paul's saying, urging them. It's the idea of an orderly march behind a commander. If you're in the services and you're marching behind a commander, you jolly well keep your step in line. You do not differentiate. Walk by the Spirit, the Scriptures say to us. And of course, Ephesians 5, 18, keep on being filled with the Spirit. There's no other way to be dependent. That, that famous passage in Ephesians 5, 18, where Paul says, keep on being filled, uh, is famous because us preachers say all the time, it's a continuous present tense. It means keep on being filled. Be being filled every day with the Holy Spirit. Go on in this power. I think you're getting the message. And friends, we have to. The natural state for us spiritually is that if we do not go on being filled, then we begin to cool. Um, we're, we're like bread that's come out of the oven. If you came home now and after half an hour took some freshly baked bread out of the oven, well, it'd smell wonderful. It would be soft. It would be warm. If you left it till tonight, it would still be okay. If you went back to it in two days' time, it would sound like that. It would be rock solid. It would have lost all uh, that was of value uh, to it. Hey, listen, there are all kinds of reasons why we don't keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, but I'm urging you today to follow the command of Scripture in that. Sometimes we stay away when we're struggling. Sometimes we say, you don't know my, the difficulty, the challenge I'm going through right now. No, I don't, but I know what the Bible says. It says, keep on being filled. And Bible truth will overcome anything regarding my struggle or, or my personality type any day of the week. So, briefly, I, I want to just outline three areas of our lives where we need the Holy Spirit to impact us. They're biblical pictures, really, uh, about the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent to us uh, and that we can keep in step with. The first area uh, where we need the Holy Spirit is as our helper. Um, the Holy Spirit is, is a constant helper for you and I if we are followers of Jesus. He will come and be your helper. That is a promise. Uh, an absolute promise. The Greek word uh, is paraclete. It means literally the one who will come alongside you. Um, the one who will carry the load. Jesus said in John 14, 16, uh, before uh, his death on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, before he gave the Holy Spirit, he said to his disciples, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate, one to help you and to be with you forever. We, we live now in that side of the promise. This Holy Spirit has been given to us. Uh, yesterday, uh, like many, I'm sure, that have gardens, the sun's out finally. Uh, our youngest son, Judy, is the only one left at home now, so he had to help us. And uh, he moved 25 or so uh, slabs from our back garden round to the front in a wheelbarrow. You've got to walk around the houses to 
get there. I, I can't move them anymore. My old back isn't what it was. Uh, and thankfully, I have a son who is able to help me to lift a heavy load. In fact, it was probably more the other way around uh, that I was helping him now. Um, I, I have one who understands to an extent my weakness and my struggles and my inability to lift a slab into a wheelbarrow and out the other side. And so one has been given to me to help me. Are you seeing the point that I'm making very obviously here? If I'm trying to lift a heavy load of any sort in life, I will struggle and probably fail. But when a friend comes alongside, the weight doesn't seem so heavy. Oh, beloved, how we need the help of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who... How foolish for us to ignore his help and to try and do things in my own strength. In fact, I must frustrate the Holy Spirit so many times every day where I ignore him, when he's in my ear saying, please let me help you in this. Please let me carry this with you. Ephesians 4.30, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 talk about not quenching the Holy Spirit and not grieving the Holy Spirit. And I do wonder if every time I ignore the help of the Holy Spirit, whether I inadvertently do quench and grieve to some extent the Holy Spirit. The, the very reason he's come is to help me. Uh, and I say, oh, no, I, I've got this on my own. What, what a nonsense. What an absurdity for someone who says, I've given myself to Christ. We must be careful. We don't just come to the Holy Spirit in the moment of crisis. Or we treat him like some Aladdin's lamp. Oh, I, I, now I'm going to rub the lamp. I need the genie uh, out, the, out the lamp. That's not how it is with the Holy Spirit. Every day we can invite his help. Don't, don't wait for the urgent need. Don't grieve him. Don't shut out his voice. In fact, I think, again, like the bread out of the oven picture, I think the more that we ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, the less we hear him. We were never meant to do the Christian life in this way, on our own. So we need to lean in and rely on him and embrace his help. I, I, I don't know about you, I'm in a season of very real weakness, being honest with you, and I recognise I'm not able to cope or manage in leading my own life, never mind having the privilege of serving others in the leadership of their lives. It's not, it's not down to me. I can't handle it. If it was down to the force of my personality or the steady equilibrium of my emotional life, that's not enough because my personality ain't perfect and my emotions go up and down, up and down. But there's one who's come alongside who can help. I don't have to carry my faith, never mind anyone else's burdens, on my own. We are impossibly incapable of doing life on our own. If you're a new believer, you can't do life on your own. If you've recently come to Christ and you started completely dependent like a baby, wow, I've become alert and aware of the promise of Jesus Christ on the cross. I've come to him. I've been born again by the Spirit. Oh, but now I'm starting to follow some rules. Now I'm feeling a bit stronger as a Christian because I read my Bible and pray for an hour every morning. Hey, if you're doing that, fantastic. God bless you. But do not make it a self-work that somehow gets you right with God. You cannot do life as a new believer without the help of the Holy Spirit. You cannot begin to obey the teachings of Jesus in your own strength. But the Holy Spirit has come alongside to make the impossible a reality. There's not a single area of life where I don't need the Holy Spirit's help. I remember hearing Dave Holden, who leads the New Grand team, uh, heard him teach on the Holy Spirit lots of times. He, I just pulled out some of the things he mentions with regard to areas where we need the Holy Spirit. Prayer is the first one. Romans 8.26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Oh yeah, I'm weak, need your help. We don't know what to pray, Paul says, but the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
two things from there. One, I'm quite encouraged that the Apostle Paul says he finds it hard to pray at times. If you're thinking, I'd love to come to the prayer meeting tonight, but I find prayer really hard. Hey, you're in good company. The Apostle Paul says, we don't know what to pray. Ah, but there's a helper who'll come and help me to pray. He helps us in our weakness. Maybe like me, you're praying things that are just totally above your pay grade, totally out of your ability to change. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you just find out, I'm just... Feels like I'm just repeating my anxieties out loud to God right now. Or maybe even you've gone a step further. You say, I can't even pray at all anymore. If we're praying without the Holy Spirit, well, we either don't pray or we just end up talking out loud and, and saying our worries out loud, I think, uh, without the Holy Spirit. How can I pray in accordance with the will of God? How can I keep my heart pure? How can I keep my motives Right, how can I not be anxious? How can I continue to be full of thanksgiving and worship and contentment? How can I pray without ceasing unless I invite the Holy Spirit, my helper, into the room? Friends, if we learn nothing else this week in our week of prayer and fasting and feasting, let's learn to do this. Let's learn a new dependency in prayer. Again, if you've got to the point where you've given up in praying, let me urge you, come again tonight and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. The moment we involve the Holy Spirit in our prayer life, Um, there's a new joy that enters. There's a shared burden that's lifted before God by the Helper. Maybe you want to begin praying in the Spirit as well. We'll perhaps talk about the gift of tongues, the gift of languages in a few weeks' time. But what a wonderful gift that is when I don't know what to pray. I just begin speaking to the Lord in the language that he's given me. What else can't I do without the Holy Spirit? I can't worship without his help. We can sing lots of songs, but we know, don't we, church, singing songs in itself isn't worship necessarily. Worship happens in spirit and in truth. And so I need the Holy Spirit to help me. If we're being honest here this morning, I would suspect there are some mornings we come even to church on a Sunday when the sun is shining and I don't feel like worshipping. At that moment, I'm praying, Holy Spirit, please would you help me to worship Jesus because whatever's going on in my life right now, he is so worthy of my worship. He's not changed, so therefore I need to bring myself into line with who he is. I need the Holy Spirit to help me with that. There was a moment earlier this week where, in fact, I was out running, but I was just praying and thinking some stuff through. I felt quite overwhelmed by anxiety. There was a song playing uh, as I was listening to some music. I just began to sing as I was running. I must have got a better runner if I can sing and run at the same time. It wasn't great singing. It wasn't great running. But the Lord loved my worship as I just began to sing over and over this refrain, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know what? Something happens in our spirits as we begin to worship him with the help of the Holy Spirit. When we give ourselves dependently to him, war the Holy Spirit comes flooding in. I can't read the Bible without the help of the Holy Spirit. It's hard to understand sometimes, but the spirit of revelation has been given. The spirit who leads us into truth. The spirit who reminds us of everything that Jesus has said. The Holy Spirit's our teacher. If you find reading the Bible hard, that's okay, but the Holy Spirit will help you. Begin to ask him. If you find reading the Bible, even memorising scripture hard, just start by asking for help. Again, this week of prayer is a great moment where we kind of pull on the handbrake from our normal busyness of life and just give ourselves to prayer and to the word. Let me encourage you, believer, if you trust the Lord in this this week, you'll find by the end of the week, wow, God's really spoken to me through the Bible as I've asked him to come alongside me. What about witnessing to the truth about Jesus? Well, I certainly can't do that in my own strength. It's impossible when it's down to me. Jesus said, you'll receive power to be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So it's him that's going to give me um, the right words to say, a a recollection of of the right scriptures at the right time. 
um, some kind of answer or response. I think, well, where did that come from out of my mouth? Some kind of authority. Even at times, authority to say, as we've heard from others of you that are stepping out in this, hey, I, I got talking about the gospel and I was able to pray, be healed in Jesus' name and something happened. What does that come from? Is it out of my own strength? No, no, it comes from a life led uh, by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to help us relate to one another. We, we may have observed God has put us in church with all kinds of people um, and we are all kinds of imperfect people as we look around. And yet he tells us to love one another and gives us an impossible standard as a part of the gospel, which we cannot do in our own strength. We cannot love out of our own love. But when the fruit of the Spirit begins to enable us to love, oh wow, more loving, more joyful, more patient, more kind, more, more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, more self-control. That's what we begin to look like as a community dependent on the Holy Spirit. We cannot have that kind of church culture apart from the Holy Spirit. We can have worldly culture apart from the Holy Spirit. If we say we're not going to welcome him into our relationships, we can have factions and hurts and division and unforgiveness. But if we want love, joy, peace, gentleness and all the others, they come only when we welcome the Holy Spirit to begin to change people like me and people like you. Holy Spirit's here to help us in difficulties. Life is tough. There are things that need to be overcome. Some of you are waiting for when the troubles are going to stop and you have one of those kind of times where it's all kind of easy street. I can tell you this morning, right now, when the troubles are going to stop, I can prophesy into your life, your troubles will stop round about the moment you stop breathing. Okay? It's a prophetic problem. Jesus said in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And he sent the helper to come alongside us. He's here to help us in everything. He's here to help me in my marriage, to love my wife, as the word says, if your marriage is breaking, at breaking point this morning, he's here to help you in that way. He's here to help you in your singleness, to live for Jesus with purity and joy and fulfillment, not to be waiting till you're paired up, but to recognise, hey, with the Holy Spirit's help, I recognise I'm complete in Christ. Oh, we need the Holy Spirit, beloved, in every part of our lives, not just for meetings. There are no no-go areas. We need the Holy Spirit if you're parents of children, if you're parents of teenagers. If you're, I'm discovering now as parents of some in their 20s, I need the Holy Spirit still. And, and, and our children need the Holy Spirit as well to have us as parents. We need the Holy Spirit in our workplace. Yeah, don't, don't have him in every part of your life, but say, oh no, stay outside of my workplace. That doesn't mean you're going to stand on the desk uh, and preach the gospel, but it does mean you're going to walk full of the Holy Spirit and live a kind of life that people notice is different because of his influence. I think next time we do an appeal for a response to who wants more of the Holy Spirit, every single one of us should respond. Let me hear an amen. amen. Very quickly and briefly, because I said I had three pictures from the Bible and I've only done one. Um, he's our companion. Uh, the scriptures speak about fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2.1, 2 Corinthians 13.14. We... We're invited into a friendship with him. Not just someone that will, can do stuff for us, but a friend. Oh boy, I need a friend. What about a relationship with this person who speaks and feels and touches and gives life? I want to get to know him. Again, this week is an opportunity as we take time aside from food and set aside some of the busyness to really grow in intimate fellowship with him. I was reading this week about Rob Matthews, a blind runner, who won uh, eight gold medals for Great Britain at the Paralympic Games, broke 22 world records. He died about 10 days ago um, at a hospice in Auckland. He had brain cancer uh, in New Zealand. He lived there the last decade. He was 56 years old. Like other runners with, with extreme visual impairment, 
um, Rob Matthews ran with a guide. He was tethered by a short rope, um, looped around his fingers. Um, a blind runner needs to feel synchronized with his guide so he can navigate the track and, and run with confidence and run at full speed. Um, I heard him say of his guide, I'm trusting this guy fully with my life. I grew up uh, teenage years with a friend who was completely blind. I, I walked him into many things over the years as he was on my arm without realizing I understand uh, what Rob Matthews is saying here. One of his guides, Matt Lawton, um, was, uh, wrote in the press last week as they were writing obituaries about Rob Matthews. Um, most of his guide runners became lifelong friends, apart from the guy who ran him straight into a lamppost on their first outing together and didn't return for a second session. <laughs> Rob Matthews said uh, a couple of years back, running is pretty simple. You just put one foot in front of the other and you determine that no matter what, you will keep going and you will not give up. In my case, it's the same as for anyone else, but I put one foot in front of the other whilst holding tight to another person who is running alongside me. I thought that was a beautiful picture of what it means to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. What a picture of our dependency on him. We're running a race with a guide running with one who's come alongside. We're tethered to him. Don't let go of him. Why? Why would you? He knows the way. He sees the obstacles. He sets the pace. He won't lead you into a lamppost. And as you run a race, what friendship is formed with the one who's come alongside? This is the friend with whom we will keep in step. We'll become synchronized. Over time, we begin to anticipate what he's doing, where he's going, what his movement is. Don't you want to be tethered in that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit? Friends, we can allow that to develop. Uh, let me encourage you again through this week to just to learn to be constantly keeping the communication channels over, speaking with the Holy Spirit, actively listening, praising. Uh, praise is wonderful. Speaking in tongues again. Let the spring keep bubbling up through the day. As you go to work, you don't have to look weird like we used to in the old days now before mobile phones. You, you can talk to the Lord now on your way to work and people just assume you've got a microphone somewhere and you're talking to your phone. I, people used to think I had... Um, problems. Um, it's okay now. Uh, on your way back from the school gate, just literally walk with the Spirit. Allow Him to speak. Praise Him. Uh, ask Him to speak to you before you go to sleep at night, to impact your waking thoughts, your first thoughts in the morning. We want fellowship and companionship with Him. And finally, our helper, our friend, and briefly, our empowerer. We started in Acts 1.8. You'll receive power. The point Jesus said those words to him, the disciples were hiding away from their Jewish brothers. They were afraid. They were locked in the upper room. By Acts chapter 2, the Spirit's been given. What a transformation. The only difference is a person, the Holy Spirit, who has transformed them as a community. And suddenly this power, this boldness, they are unrecognizable. It's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, power isn't something abstract. Um, often when we approach weeks of prayer and fasting, those of us who've been around a little while, we say, oh God, where's the power? We want to see more healing miracles, more breakthroughs. Hey, nothing wrong with praying that way uh, at all. But when we're, we, we don't need another power experience, friends. The key to power is a person that I can learn to stay close to, that I can walk with, come into friendship with. Power is not an it. It's not some force. I, I'm going to go on being filled with the person of the Holy Spirit. And as I do so, hey, I'll begin to know his power in my life. If he's the giver of power, I'm going to stay in close friendship with him. The power works two ways, and I'll finish with this before we stand and pray. There's power internally that impacts our life and power that works externally. We don't want to miss either one of those. Ephesians 3.16, Paul prays over the church in Ephesus. 
by extension, prays for us too, that we might be strengthened with power in my inner being through his spirit. So there's an internal strengthening. If, like me, you need to overcome some past habits, all kinds of stuff in your past, addictions, hurts, if you need to challenge some thought patterns, those can all be defeated by the internal power of the Holy Spirit. I was baptised in the Spirit first time around the age of 12 um, and on and off through my teenage years. It was wonderful. Age 22, just the year after we got married, I don't think there's a link there, um, but I, I found I had a year where it felt like I had a year in the Holy Spirit. Every meeting I went to, I was beginning to, to lead and, and, and preach a bit uh, at that time. I just found every time I came into the presence of God, I was weeping, I was turned inside out, I was overwhelmed, didn't really know what was happening, literally through a whole year. Uh, looking back over time, I've reflected and recognised God was setting me free from so many insecurities, so many fears. I was being healed from the inside out. There's an internal power to strengthen me in the inner man or the inner woman for you if you're a lady here this morning. The Holy Spirit wants to keep on working in us, not just from the day you were born again. He wants to give you power to be totally changed. Again, if you're a new believer, it hasn't stopped for you yet. Some of you new believers maybe that are still thinking, how do I overcome this? How do I shift this mindset? There's some helpful help you can get. There's some good books you can read. At times there are good doctors and good medication, but the Holy Spirit is here to give you power from the inside out. And this inner change works outward as well, and we see that time after time in the scriptures. When Jesus came on the scene, quoting Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Jesus puts his Holy Spirit onto his church, Acts 2 onwards, and we find, wow, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, in the same way he came on Jesus, has come upon us as well. And we see the church beginning to look and sound like Jesus, not just empowering me on the inside, not just making us as Christians feel good about ourselves internally, not just helping me to deal with my stuff. That, that's wonderful, but if that's all it was about, we'd be a therapeutic church. We'd have a message, but it wouldn't be the full message of the gospel. He comes upon us in order to, to send us out as ordinary people that do the same things as Jesus Christ did. And this spirit that works externally is not just given to a few. We're so grateful to God for specialist ministries of power and healing, but we completely respect those. We long for more of those. But God's intention is for the entire body of Christ to move in this kind of power. Uh, we often talked about dear Brian Cook. Maybe I remember 10 days after he was baptised in water and baptised in the Spirit, he was out with a group of us on the streets, praying with people in the park, talking about Jesus. I'm really grateful for guys that we honour, like Adrian Holloway, that are amazing at proclaiming the gospel and healing the sick. But we thank God for the Bryans too, don't we? We want many more like that. A spirit-filled, spirit-dependent church looks more like Brian than it does like Adrian Holloway, if I can use those two men as an example. Um, it's one where everyone finds that the Holy Spirit is here to empower us. The Holy Spirit, our helper, our companion, and our empower. Can I hear an amen, please? Amen. Why don't we stand together? I'm going to pray. We're deliberately uh, not making loads of ministry time these next couple of weeks. Not that we're stopping ministry time. And if you want to pray, you're so welcome to. And you never have to wait to the end of the meeting anyway. Um, we've been meeting for an hour and a half before we got to this point. Um, but what we want to do quite actively is create an appetite for May the 13th when we come together. Get a hunger and a thirst on. Don't be bread out of the oven. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Just going to worship for a moment. And then I've just a couple of specific things to pray, perhaps.
Just lift your voice to the Lord. Yeah, maybe those of you that do have the gift of languages, just begin to pray in the Spirit. We've got a moment or two. There's no rush. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. started that in the wrong key, <laughs> made it impossible to sing. Oh, God, you make it so easy for us to meet with you and be filled by you. You don't mind our singing, Lord. You say we're temples of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we recognize that this morning. We say, therefore, let there be a difference, Lord, between the person who has the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them and the person who does not. God, really change us, please, more and more into your likeness. God, I just speak this morning over those who are under disappointment and hurt, who... Um, Lord, who are just carrying loads of past stuff, would you give them fresh encounters with you in these coming days? Lord, even in this week of prayer and fasting, would you give them a, just a glimmer right now that I'm going to get hold of God, I'm going to put him to his word and see what he might do, give fresh hope again. Lord, those that need to come out from under an atmosphere or a culture of hurt or, or inward-looking focus and into an atmosphere of faith, God, would you awaken our hearts, please, in that regard today and through this week. Lord, if there are any here who've said, I don't really need the Holy Spirit in that way in my life, God, would you bring them to repentance this morning and give them a fresh desire to know you? Oh, God, help us where we've, where we've ignored you, where at times we've shut you out, where we've not recognised your desire to help us, where even we, we're not sure whether we can hear from you anymore. Lord, we repent of that attitude and we say, God, would you just begin to speak right now, through today, through this week. May we have the thrill of knowing your voice and hearing your voice again. God, we will, we will not shut you out of our homes, our relationships, our workplaces. Lord, we, we want you in our meetings too, but we want you in all of life. Lord, when we've produced our own fruit and our own culture that's worldly, we tell you we desire your fruit and the culture of the kingdom that comes with it. Would you establish in us, Lord, dynamically the fruit of the Holy Spirit more and more in our lives? Oh God, thank you. Lord, we tell you we want friendship with you, fellowship with you. Lord, I want a daily walk with you. I must be led. I want to be tethered with you. And as I walk with you in that way, I want to grow as a friend of yours. Lord, so we just express our thirst and our dependency on you this morning. God, build us up as we come to you this week. May we be like hungry, thirsty, dependent children. Awaken us, O oh God. Awaken us with friendship. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sending his spirit. Thank you for, Lord, that old song that says, leaving your spirit till the work on earth is done. Lord, we recognise the work on earth is not done. You're not finished with us. You're not finished in our lives. You're not finished with this church. Lord, there are thousands around us that don't yet know you. Lord, there are nations upon nation where there aren't New Testament churches. Oh God, your, your work is not finished. And so we need your Holy Spirit. And we welcome you right now upon this precious church. We welcome you in our children down the corridor. We welcome you in the lives of our teenagers. We welcome you upon the elderly. Lord, we welcome you upon those that are too sick to come today. 
Lord, we welcome you upon those that are staying away because they're fearful or hurting right now. We welcome you upon each one. We say in our weakness, we come to the one who comes alongside. We need you, Holy Spirit. Oh God, strengthen this church this week of prayer and fasting, we pray. In your mighty name, amen. 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 God bless you. Uh, please stay for tea and for coffee down the, down the corridor. If you're a guest, please fill in the Connect card. Get yourself an invite to a meal and a prayer meeting this week. We'd love to keep in touch with you. God bless you.